Saturday with Colm O'Mongon on RTE Radio 1. Hello again, still here with me in the Cork studio are Simon Coveney, Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment and TD for Cork South Central, Donaco O'Leary, Sinn Féin TD for Cork South Central, Mick Barry, People Before T- People Before Profit TD, People Before Profit Solidarity TD for Cork North Central and regular listeners will know that our political panel each weekend normally includes at least one female TD, sometimes two and that has proven more difficult than normal this Saturday due to the reality that of the 18 TDs currently elected for Cork City and county, just one of them is a woman. Now spread that search out across the entire province and you'll discover that out of a total of 42 TDs in Munster, just four are female. Now we're going to get the thoughts of our all-male panel shortly on that, but we have been joined also by Dr Jennifer Kavna, who is constitutional and electoral law expert at South East Technological University. Jennifer, thanks for coming in. Um, the situation here uh, in Cork and in Waterford would have you checking again uh, the gender quotas issue, and they were in place for the last elections, and they have been since 2016. Remind us what the requirements have been to date and what they'll be for the next general election. Yeah, so in the uh, Electoral Political Funding Act of uh, 2012, it was 30% and from March of this year, it's now gone up to 40%. Just for the general elections, it doesn't apply to any of the other elections. And with it going up to 40% and also the increase in number of seats, a number of parties are saying that they feel like they're going to have problems encouraging women to run for election. You can't just shake a candidate tree and hope a number of women fall out of it. They have to be brought in through the system. And a lot of research has shown, uh, there was uh, research even done by the Association of Local Government, 72% of the people who replied to that spoke about, say, abuse that they're facing online not just women, also men. And it is one of the issues that is there in getting women interested, just going for the local branches, going into local government and then going up towards uh, running in general elections. So there is a problem. All right. Um, If parties don't make the figure of 40% for the next general election or 30 for the local and Europeans, what's the impact on the parties themselves? Well, firstly, the quote will only apply to the general elections but they would lose some of that state funding that comes in. So all parties in respect to their vote share will get central funding. So it's it's a carrot to get women to run, but a stick that you will lose money if you don't hit those targets. Right, but as we've seen, the more women on the ballot doesn't necessarily mean more people in the doll. Four out of 42 in Munster. What happens? Well, they, they've looked at it in the Irish National Election Survey that a lot of people want people who are like them running for political office, but they would like to see more women, but it's not one of the things they would be thinking of when they're looking at the ballot paper. And it does make a difference having women where decisions are made. For example, the COVID Women's Voices Research Project. I mean, we just think back to the children's shoes, not the children's shoes at Gareth Fitzgerald's day, but just kids getting fitted for shoes during COVID with the lockdowns going on, that you need to have that diversity, not just women, but diversity of, say... You're saying that an all-male decision-making body that didn't think of lifting the strictures on letting people into retail to have their kids' feet exactly. measured because was, was, was a, a possibly a male-influenced oversight? Quite possible, and it's even been said by political correspondents. Uh, at the Kennedy <coughs> Summer School, there was a panel there about uh, women political correspondents and being able to raise these issues when you're making decisions, you are always going to think of what is important to you. And 
when you don't have a diversity, you don't get the rounded idea of what's important to everyone. Right. And was there any reason, and, and apologies for that on the local and European elections, it doesn't apply to them. Is there any reason why it doesn't? There is There is arguments that it should apply to local elections, but the legislation that would need to go through would be different to what is there for the general elections because you're just tinkering there with the electoral acts, whereas local government... It's coming from a few different areas, so therefore you would have to do a little bit more homework on trying to get it in there. All right, but for practical reasons and for getting candidates blooded in an election, it's possibly, uh, it would be potentially a good idea uh, to effectively mirror that. Uh, is there any, but is there any evidence as to the outcome of having more women on in, in political parties as elected representatives? Do they influence policy in a particular direction? Are there international examples where we see a different type of policy choice as a result of better female representation. Yes, so for example, when when women do uh, get to the ministerial level, they do tend to be put into portfolios that would be considered to be more female friendly. So for example, childcare, social protection, things like that. It's not uncommon, say, in Scandinavian countries for women to end up being the Minister for Defence because it's not considered you know, what gender would suit the portfolio more. So it, we we need more women in. They need to be coming through the pipelines of the local elections. We have seen that there has been an increase. There was even just an increase from the time before that legislation came in because people were looking at the issue and saying, we do need more female candidates to run before we get into the space of, of legislating for it. All right. You mentioned there at the outset, you know, pressure on people uh, both online when they're considering getting into being a public representative. That's something that turns them off. And one of the issues is also, uh, according to at least the Labour Party, that publishing the home address of people is a potential barrier. They've sought to have that taken out as a requirement. Is it necessary? Should it be removed, in your opinion? I personally think it should be, because you are putting someone's home address onto a public document. If it was anything else, it would be probably a GDPR implication. So... With the address, you you don't even have to be living in a constituency to actually run in that constituency. We've seen that plenty of times. But once it goes to the, to the returning officer who is dealing with all the paperwork to have the address, they also have their mobile numbers, but they don't put those in the ballot paper. All right. Um, let's go to the panel on this. Simon Coveney, um, how is Fine Gael's preparation going for local and European elections in terms of striking that balance, even if it's not a requirement? Yeah. Interestingly, by the way, in... in in the business world, which I'm obviously responsible for in this brief, just this week we launched the latest report for what, from what's called Balance for Better Business, which is about trying to get more gender equality into senior decision-making roles in business, which is a very similar challenge, by the way, to what politics is facing. Um, and we've seen significant improvement, but still a long way to go. Um, but on, on the political front, I mean, I remember being involved in a very intense debate within my own party uh, when the decision was made to introduce gender quotas uh, for, for, um, for general elections. Um, I mean, I think that the results have been mixed. I mean, Ireland is still, I think, 98th in the world in terms of gender representation in our parliament, um, you know, which is not, not good. Uh, and needs to change. Um, certainly Fianna Gael will, will reach the 40% mark in terms of the, the number of candidates for the next general election. Of course, we're committed to that. Uh, interestingly, in local elections, which still is far from perfect, but actually the number, there are, there's a higher percentage of women in local government than in national government in Ireland. And there's no required gender quotas in local government. So, so gender quotas, I think, are a good thing but they certainly aren't a silver bullet or a panacea here. This is about trying to make politics more attractive to women. 
Um, and I, I'm very conscious that I say that as a man. Um, but, you know, I'm a father of three daughters. I live in a house of, of girls, essentially. Um, and uh, if they want to choose politics, well, then they should be able to do it like any young man should. Um, and But uh, you'd be confident of, of meeting, even if it's not a requirement, the 30%, yeah, I think you're at... 28.5% for a candidate's election in the local Europeans. you think you make it across the line for I the 30? So. I think so, but I mean, th- th- there's no legal requirement uh, uh, in the local elections, but certainly we'd like to be at 30% and uh, and we are making a significant effort, particularly when we're co-opting candidates uh, um, uh, for, you know, for vacancies and so on, to try to get more All right. talented women into, into local government. And, and we've had some, you know, we've had some really good examples of that in the last few weeks. All right. Mick Barry, uh, how's, how's your candidate's election going for the the next local and European elections and indeed for, for the general election in terms of female representation or at least a female a greater female offering to the electorate? Well, if you were to take solidarity and people for profit together as, as you know, uh, combined, um, the 40% will be hit for the general election. Um, it's too soon to say in relation to the locals and the Europeans because there's a lot of uh, selection still to be done there. Uh, Do you have a figure on that, a provisional figure on that even? I would be very confident of going over the 30% uh, and I would be hopeful of hitting the 40%. Certainly what we're finding at the moment, and I think this is an interesting point, is that in terms of grassroots activism, um, the number of uh, women, especially young women who are getting involved, uh, is greater than ever before. I mean, probably the most significant industrial action we've seen in the course of this doll has been the Debenham strike. Uh, And very uh, near to where we are now, I think there's a demonstration passing by for the eighth week in a row, uh, more than a thousand people on the streets of Cork uh, protesting uh, in relation to what's happening in, in, in Palestine. And, but and, sure, but and the rallies have been chaired by women every week okay, all right. but in that, relation to that. Well, you're, you're confident that you say that um, you'll get over the line for the uh, the local and Europeans in the general election. Donna Olero, what about Sinn Féin? Are they confident of, of having that, that scale of an offering? Yeah, I believe so. I think we're at about 46% in terms of women now. In terms of local election candidates, we will certainly exceed 40% and we're hoping to get as close to 50% as we can. Um, our representation on Cork City Council is 50-50. We're hoping to run roughly 50-50 in the local elections. Um, I, and in terms of as and when a running mate is selected for me, that is going to be a woman as well. We will ensure that the convention uh, is structured in such a way. Um, so, like I mean, we're very committed to it. Um, I think it's it's very, very important. It's very important for a number of reasons. Um, I think politics works best when it's representative of society as a whole and you get all the voices uh, at that level. Um it's not a silver bullet, the quotas. I think that's uh, that's very fair to say. There are issues in relation to um, things like maternity care in terms of or sorry, maternity leave, uh, in terms of the structure of the job uh, and so on. Uh, right. and they undoubtedly need to be addressed. You've probably seen today's uh, Irish Examiner, the story there about you losing. A, your, your party leader is a woman and there are uh, several women on your front bench. But there's also been a recurring theme of, of having lost women as well. Um, Danielle Toomey, uh, a local councillor, said she uh, was consistently and persistently undermined, and she's she's leaving uh, and saying that she she there was there was no democracy in the party. She's quoted as saying in the Irish Examiner today. Um, you had 
other other party members uh, leaving as well. Um, Claire TD, who's now uh, an independent, Violet Ann Wynne resigned from Sinn Féin as well. And you had Sandra McClellan as well talking about local issues as well and, and, and references to being undermined. Are you concerned about that? Look, I mean, obviously when you lose a public representative and Danielle was a very hard worker uh, in the Midland area, it's a concern. Um, I, I don't think the issues are particular to her gender. Like, I mean, I'm sure on a different programme you might be able to instance um, men who had had difficulties in terms of Sinn Féin. Um, and I think... Look, but sure, but seeing as we're talking about yeah. more women running for office, yeah, yeah. No, and, no, and no. these and look, are women lost to the party. In relation to Danielle, like, I mean, look, she acknowledged on Red FM in an interview a couple of weeks ago that um, the party um, structurally did whatever it could in terms of supporting her. Um, some of the issues came from outside the party um, in terms of some of the, I think, harassment that she experienced and we've encouraged her to uh, go to the Gardaí in relation to that. And I think that they are, in fact, looking into that. Um, I, I do believe whatever support was possible um, was provided to Danielle. Um, it's very disappointing to lose her, um, but I wish her the best of luck in whatever route she chooses from here. All right, and given the, I suppose, the, the themes that have come up with several candidates, is it worth a review, a, a, a deeper review perhaps, into what would keep women in the party and maybe having those supports across several areas and addressing some of those concerns. Yeah, well, look, that's, that stuff goes on all the time. Like, I mean, and it is a key priority for us. Like, and, like, I mean, at a national level, we have had, uh, I suppose, members of staff specifically dedicated to promoting the role of women in the past. Um, and, like, I mean, it, you know, I think that has borne fruit. Fifty More than 50% of our Assembly members uh, are women. Uh, and, it, you know, for a, were we to get into government, it would be a priority for Cabinet as well okay. to ensure that it would be... So, I just say that, that there are some successes to look at here. You know, I mean, like in the last European elections, and I'm the director of elections for Fine Gael uh, for the next European elections. But in the last European elections, eighty percent of our of our MEPs uh, were women. So four of the five. Um, You're losing Deirdre Clune and Francis Fitzgerald yeah, in the next and, election. Will yeah. they be replaced by women? Uh, and we're well. I mean, those those selection conventions haven't taken place yet. But I mean, we have shown the capacity to to attract very talented women into European politics. And well, would, you, would you take on board on the Labour proposal to exclude home addresses from uh, the requirement to, to be on on election papers? I mean, I think that is something the government should look at. I know there was an amendment that wasn't accepted during the week, but I think it is something that the government would be open to looking at. Um, We do want to make sure that people don't feel threatened because they're a councillor or a TD. Um, And I think we have to look at a whole range of supports that can ensure that we support people from bullying, harassment, physical threats. I mean, politics has become much more abrasive Um, in my 25 years in politics. It's a very different career now than it was then um, and uh, and I think we have to look at how we can protect and encourage people into right. politics uh, in particular women um, Jennifer Kavanagh the um, the issue of, of how much for any public representative but but for women the how, how, how much that uh, it's family friendly uh, number one and number two the re- redraw of the constituency boundaries, has, has been raised as a concern for it not favouring women, the smaller number of constituency seats. Could you just touch on, a, on on those two points before we before we go to the next topic? Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to say the number of three seaters, what they show in the in the research is that the more seats that you have in a constituency under our PRS TV system 
the more chance you'll get for smaller parties and women to actually come through that. So it is a good idea to have more than three-seater constituencies there. But to be fair, the Electoral Commission was given the task of consistency and not making massive constituencies, say, six, seven-seaters, because they're, they're not there in the Electoral right. Act. They'd have to change that first. So it would be better to have larger seats. And on, and on the other issue, just about the, the balance of... Uh, of more family-friendly areas to benefit all public representatives so yep. that, you know, a, a couple could share family duties but that people would be at home at a yep. reasonable time. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the doll sits on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and go very, very late, sometimes on Friday. <laughs> if you're in one of the constituencies, say, on the Western Seaboard, how are you even going to manage to get the kids out of school if you're going to be in Dublin? Or if you're a single parent, it's a very, very hard thing to do. So... The, the gender quotas, it is one of the things that can be done to improve things, but there is other structural issues around it that could be looked at as well. All right, OK, we're going to take a break. We're going to have a look at a new synthetic opioid that has been causing widespread concern in Ireland cities amongst heroin users. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1. 